Okay, we are in Sefer Daniel, Perek Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, Nebuchadnezzar, Malka Oved Selem Dihav. So we saw in the last Perek, in the closing sentences of Perek Bays, Nebuchadnezzar has been miraculously told by Daniel not only what the contents of his dream was, but what its interpretation is. And as you see, he's extremely, extravagantly grateful. He wants to make Daniel a god. He bows down before him. Instead, he elevates him to the highest echelons of Babylonian political power. He is the equivalent of the second to Nebuchadnezzar. As a favor, Daniel asked that his companions uh, be given appropriate political assignments, which they are. And then Nebuchadnezzar says, now I know that your God is the true God. Your God is the real God. And he ends with that extravagant expression. And now, two sentences later, in Perik Gimel, Nebuchadnezzar erects a giant golden statue to himself. And what he does is he assembles delegates from all over the world. Remember, Bavel controlled the known world from every province. And they are to come and they are to bow down to this statue of him in gold. What is this about? What is his thinking? So the Mephoshim explained there is a certain logic to it. Nebuchadnezzar realizes from the dream interpretation by Daniel that his hours upon the world stage are limited. Bavel, we saw that the gold top will fall, there'll be a second empire of another nation, the Persians, a third, a fourth, and then in the fifth, Israel will come and will be the permanent one. No one can destroy Israel. It will, in fact, be eternal. And this bothers him, of course, and his thinking is that if that statue in the dream hadn't been gold, silver, nechoshes, iron, earthenware, it would have never crumbled and you wouldn't have had all these empires. In other words, if he had built it totally gold with him, there would not have been successive uh, empires at all. Moreover, that if he gets everyone to bow down to it, including the Jews, he has in fact broken the relationship between the Jews and the Kaddish Baruch Hu, eliminating them as the potential force that will eventually rule the world. So that is his cheshwan. His thinking is, if I had made it only of gold, there would be no one else ruling after me, and the people of Israel would have been removed from the equation. So, with that, we pick it up in Pasuk Aleph. Nebuchadnezzar, Malka Avad Salem de Dahav Rume Amin. He builds himself a huge gold statue. Shitin Pasiela Amin Shiti Akime, 60 cubits high, six cubits wide. We'll discuss that. That seems an improbable weight. 
Akime de Bikas Dura. He builds it in the valley of Dura, the Medinas Bovel, in the land of Bovel. So, first question. How do you have a six-cubit base support a 60-cubit high statue? And Rashi answers that in the terms that, yes, it was a very real problem. It kept falling down. And what they did, they brought the gold that they had taken from Yerushalayim and used that as the base of the statue, which supported it. And it fulfills a prophecy, says Rashi, that we learned in Yechezkel, when he tells Yechezkel that your gold will be like um, for the Nida, will be repulsive. And that's exactly what happens. Dura, you may recall, the valley of Dura was the valley where the Tower of Bovel was when they built that tower under Nimrod. Mephorshim saying Nimrod and Nebuchadnezzar, that Nebuchadnezzar was a Gilgal, a resurrection, if you will, of Nimrod. So there's a very real connection there. Then the king, Nebuchadnezzar, Malko Shlach, and he sends for, following seven names sounds like the, uh, the ten sons of Haman, but what he does is send for the following groups, Shlach the Mechanesh, Le'achspanya, Sagina, Upachvasa, Adagroya, Gidavaya, Tetavira, Tefisa, the Cholshiltonei Midinasa. He sends for, these, these are job classifications. These are in descending order, the positions of power of the political elite. So, Lamachnish could be the nobles, Lachspanya could be the governors, Saganya could be the uh, judges, and so on and so on. Everybody, everybody is invited to the Valley of Dura. Mesa, Lachanukas, Salmo, Dihakim, Nebuchadnezzar, Malka, to the dedication, literally the dedication of this statue of Nebuchadnezzar. Badayin mitkanshin achshapanya sagina upoksa achsarana gedova devrasa tiftrin repeats it all. The judges, the nobles, the satraps, the um, uh, provincial leaders, the governors, etc., have all gathered. All the rulers of Bovel, the Chanukah Salma, the dedication of the statue, the Hokim Nebuchadnezzar Malka, which Nebuchadnezzar had. Built the Kayamin Lakobel Salmo di Hokim Nebuchadnezzar, and they have come to pay homage to this statue. Notice how many times it says Hokim Nebuchadnezzar, the statue. They want to emphasize that this was Nebuchadnezzar's own idea, built of gold. Next, the Choroza Krabachayel, and when the Chorosas are heralds, when the heralds crawl out with strength, Lekevon Imrim Amima Umyo Ulishna. Remember, there were representatives of every known nation there because Bogel was the empire. And so he had people, Amima, nations, Umyo, uh, smaller groups, Ulishna, languages. Every language was represented. The idea being, you've got this conglomerate of nations. If they bow down to the statue, it is symbolically 
affirming that the whole country, the whole known world, bows to Nebuchadnezzar. But even at the Tishuan Kalkarna, and when the signal is when you heard the voice of the Karna, we will call the chauffeur, but now we're going to get another list in Aramaic, when you heard the voice of the shofar, Mashkenoso would be the whistles, Kasram, the cymbals, Shabasa, the drums, Andra, Pshantarim, the flutes, Supamnya could be the lyres, the Chalzune Zimra, all these instruments of music. That would be the, uh, the sign, Tefillin, Vetiskadun, Letzelem, you fell, you prostrated yourself before the statue, Tehava of gold, Tehokim, Nebuchadnezzar, again, which Nebuchadnezzar had, in fact, constructed. And for him, or he, who does not bow down and prostrate himself, he will be thrown summarily into a fiery furnace. You bow down and you prostrate yourself. So there's a, a debate, there's a machlokes. Did the people who were coming there know what they were coming there for? Was it an assemblage, a ceremonial tribute to the king? Or were they there to affirm the king's godliness? Uh, and the feeling seems to be they knew just why they were there and that it was Nebuchadnezzar now declaring himself a god. Which raises another question, which we will come to. That is this a true Avodah Zarah? And that, as we're going to see, Hananiah, Mishael, and Atzophon have no choice but to decline to obey, or is it something less? We will come to that question. In the meantime, we're going over that list of musical instruments. And so when the musical instruments sounded, every nation, group, and language fell, Sogdin Latselem bowed to the Selem Dahava, prostrated themselves the Hokim Nebuchadnezzar Malko, which Nebuchadnezzar had constructed. Now, Ki Kavel Dina Bezimna Kivru Gvurim Kazdoim. At that point, a group of Kazdoim, Chaldeans, which is synonymous with Babylonians, approach the Ochlukarit Sehon Di Yehudai and speak libelously defamatory, just terrible things to you who die about Jews. And they say to Nebuchadnezzar, Malka, Malka lo'omen chayeh, may you be a king that reigns eternally. They're softening him up. Yanto Malka shamat te'en dikol anshe yishmaya kol karna meshrikasei kasram shapla pasintinam v'sofina v'chol zinezimra did you not say that when you hear the sound from the um, shofar, the uh, whistles, the flutes, the cymbals, the lyres, etc., and the cholzene zimra, all those instruments of music, then you were supposed to fall down, prostrate yourself before that gold statue. 
Umindi loyi pelvi is God Yisrama logoi atun nuroyakarta, and anyone who didn't make the proper obeisance and prostrate himself was to be summarily thrown into the fiery furnace atun nuroyakarta. Well, continues these Chaldeans, isi gavurim yehudayim. There are these Jews. Demonis Yoson Alavidas Medinas Bovel, that you yourself have elevated to powerful political positions within Bovel and in your palace itself, specifically Shadrech, Meshech, Babadnego, using the Babylonian names, Gevurteilech, Losamoalayach. They didn't pay any attention to you, Malka King. To aim lo hecha lo polchin ulitzelam dahava dihek yamta. They did not, on cue, bow down to that statue. Lo sagdinam. They certainly did not prostrate themselves before it. Madayin Nebuchadnezzar bereges v'chama, and predictably Nebuchadnezzar blows his top. He is furious and angry. Bring them right here in front of me. And immediately these three are brought before the king. And he says to them, <coughs> Did you not know? That this commandment that I had issued, were you not on cue supposed to bow down and prostrate yourself? And again, these instruments, I am going to give you another chance. When you hear again those. Whistles, bells, lyres, flutes, etc. <coughs> the old Zinei Zimra, Tiplum, you are to fall. Visiskadun, you are to prostrate yourself. Letzalmo to the statue. Tiavadata vehein lo tiskunun bashata. Tisromin lo goatsun nuri yakate minu elodi shavzinun miyodi. And if you fail this time to do the proper obeisance, you will be immediately thrown into the fiery furnace, uminhu, and from there, the Elodi Shabsina, there isn't a God in the world who can save you from this. Anu Shadrach Meshach Ra'aved Nego, the three answer him very calmly. The Armin Lamalko Nebuchadnezzar, Lo Chashichin Anachna Aldino Piskon Lahaslo Secho. We're not worried, we're not concerned, we can discuss this matter with you. Um, we have no fear. Hain Asi Elokana Dianachna, because we have our God, Palkin Yeholishi Busana, Minaton Nura, who will save us from this fiery flame, Minyodecho Malka Yishazev, and will save us from your hands. The Hainyo Dala Heve La Malka Dila Lokecha, Loisana Pilchon Lutzelam Dava Di Himosi, Lonis God. And so we have no intention of bowing down and making the proper obeisance. Uh, and we're not worried. If we do, if we do, um, or we are not rather saved by an intervention of the Kaddish Baruchu, so let it be. That will be our fate. We're not frightened. 
So they have drawn the battle line. Most Mephoshim, and we'll discuss this tomorrow, say that this was Avodah Zorah. They had no choice. It's one of the three, Yaro Yavor. You cannot, uh, you, you cannot do it. You've got to give up your life. You've got to have the Mesiros Nefesh. So the battle lines are drawn. They are saying, we will not go. If we do go, we will accept our fate. There's nothing you can do to intimidate us. And now they are up against the wrath of probably the mightiest human being in the known world at that time. How does Nebuchadnezzar react will be the subject tomorrow at 8.45 a.m. You won't want to miss it. Be there. Ad Khan.